Hello and welcome to Click, Listen, Collect. I am one of your hosts, Kyle. We have uh, Buzz and Hooker here. Hello. And um, yeah, we've got a very exciting chat ahead after this with uh, Hamish Brayshaw. We look into his life a little bit and yeah, I, I had a fun time chatting to him and chopping it up. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, we just talk about his AFL um, history. Um, a little bit of an insight into his like personal collection, what he likes to collect, um, hobbies, um, superstitions as well, um, all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it was good to have him on. Um, he was a great guest. And uh, yeah, so first thing we'll talk about, I think, is our, um, our breaks. What we just did this weekend was um, pretty new for us. Like we did three new items. So we had the guaranteed signed pop vinyls um the signed nfl footballs as well as some lego a little lego break that sold out like hotcakes that was very nice didn't it what but um yeah so it was a pretty good week like just all new exciting stuff um yeah pulled out a jason Voorhees signed funko pop um which was huge he had a little drawing there of like someone drowning i don't know if it was him drowning because i'm pretty sure he drowned in like acid or something in yeah. one movie someone in the water it was very cool yeah but um that was pretty sick do you just want to tell them about the other stuff we got yeah we um the lego won our 10 piece mystery box we are uh, the first one we got was a carnage lego bust i guess you can call it a bust where you yeah. build a lego head of carnage and display it after that so that was pretty cool and that went out to uh, Haley Elliott, who also won yeah. the pop as well. She also won the pop, and um, you know, good on her because she enters enters almost every week. Uh, she's one of our most loyal customers, um, so it's good to see her win. Um, rewards her, you know, because we we really appreciate her for jumping on, jumping keeps in our breaks, keeps her buying in. Hmm. She's always a good sport. She's always a good sport on there as well, congratulating other people when they do win. So, um, yeah, it goes out to the good guys. But, yeah, then the the third item that we busted was the NFL football that we um, we bought in. Um, Dabbled away from the NBA this week, tried to spice it up a little bit and make literally all our breaks this week were our cheaper options. Probably hence why we sold them all out. Yeah. Um, First time selling out too, all our breaks. Yeah. We had so, a lot of new people in there too. Yeah. And a newie, he only literally joined the group an hour before break time, bought a spot, uh, Joey Shack, and he's he snabbed up a ball, a uh, signed ball, which is closing spot too. Yeah. He, the closing spot. Yeah. And he picked it up with the Cardinals signed ball. Um, I forget who the player was, but. Um, he was a hall. Of, he's a hall of famer. 2014, I'm pretty sure. So that's a pretty good snap for him. He said straight to the pool room because he's looking at buying a house. So straight to the man cave there, and um, I think we might have him hooked. I think he's pretty keen to buy in for the next few weeks and and whatever. So um, I love that. I love um, first time buyers and even returning people winning. Like tell you what, I'm hooked. I've you know, I'm a I'm an addict now. I think we jump in breaks and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, it's it's rewarding, but it's also yeah, it's it's satisfying. It's I a thrill. Say. Oh, mm. definitely. Um, but yeah, that's that's yeah. our weekly break. 
Yep. So um, for this next week, we've got we've um been contacted by uh, Champions Collective. They do like signed NBA um, memorabilia. Um, shout out to Mitch get... over. Shout out to Mitch over there. Yep. Shout out to him. Um, yeah, he's hooked us up. We've ended up ordering a um, Playmakers box. Um, there's only ten of them in circulation. Um, we've got a hands-on one, which we're going to be breaking this weekend. Um, it's a big like three-peat box. So if you enter it, you got three chances of winning. There's going to be a jersey, a signed jersey, um, and it's going to be an official. Is it game? It's game worn. Um, no, jersey, it's not. It? It's not a game worn, but it's authentic. Ah, just, yeah, yeah, they're, they're authentic ones. Yeah, um, and then signed basketball um, by a different player, and then a signed uh, photo. So um, and they're all going to be like huge names. So they're all headliners. Yeah, I'm um, pretty um pretty keen to see this. Like. Yeah, I'm not going to be there to bust it, but like on the breaks that we're watching on the weekend, that that playmakers box they broke, broke open was a Celtics ball, and it was like there was a few signatures on that. That looks sick. Yeah, I think there was Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. Both yeah, there was a bit of scribble going on on there. It, it looked it looked pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah, so we're thinking of just doing that as our only break, um, as it is pretty expensive, and you know we don't want to post everything up and then have to we only sell out half of each each item so we're we're just um wanted to just keep it one item because it's the big big ticket item hopefully people jump in and you know but if we do set if we do sell a few spots pretty early on we might open up a cheaper like a lego or something like that yeah yes it's it's yeah it's a cheaper option we're not we're not flooding you full of expensive breaks for the weekend so yeah absolutely so why so so this playmaker box on the weekend buzz why are you going to be in the gold coast um, well, I'm just going to be in the Gold Coast for uh, Supernova. Um, so there's, I don't know if there was a Supernova last year if it got cancelled, or I'm not too sure how the, the conventions ran last year or the year before that. But um, yeah, I just saw that Tamira Morrison is going to it. Um, so he plays Boba Fett. Um, a few other pretty big stars are going as well, like um, someone from Harry Potter. There's Lost. There's the old Power Rangers. Um, even Lincoln Lewis. Um, I got a few signed footies from his dad, um, just sitting on, on the uh, cupboard. But um, yes, yeah, so I'm going to go down there and probably do it, get a few signed signed pops, signed helmets, a bit of everything, signed comics maybe, just for um, KLK's like little storage bank for one day future breaks. But um, yeah, I thought I'd just go down for the weekend and yeah, see how I go. But um, yeah, so coming up. Like right after this, we've got the uh, special talk with our special guest, um, Hamish. Um, so anything you boys want to say before we head over to that? Oh, the code word? Yeah, um, let's so get this the code week's word. Code word. What, what, what code word would you reckon this week, boys? So if you don't know about the code word, if you're a new listener, um, we say a code word each, each week. And um, if you message us what it is, um, so any of us or the page, um, we'll give you $10 break credit. Uh, for any break, that is. So, yeah, be sure to jump on and grab it first because, you know, only the first person yeah. gets it. You want me to say the code word? Well, what do you uh, think? Maybe not. <laughs> maybe not now. Not with that bloody smile on your face. Uh, code word this week. Code word this week is soggy wheat bix. Oh. <laughs> right, code word is wheat bix. <laughs> no soggy. Just well, like what, happens to what, what happens to wheat bix when you add milk, bro? You eat them. I got a mate who um who puts them in hot water. 
a few a few people yeah, do that. Yeah, but... yeah. I, I, my grandma used to do that. She used to boil the kettle rather than like curdle the milk. So you boil the kettle, so you warm the wheat mix up with that, and then you put a dash of milk in it. Yeah. To obviously give the milk flavor, but then it's warm milk, more warm wheat bix, which I don't know, it, it tastes pretty good. That's what I think I used to do when I had them. You know, so, I yeah. just get the milk and a bit of sugar on top. Beautiful. Oh, I, I put a lot of sugar in mine. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and a lot, a lot. Healthy. But, uh, yeah, wheat bix is the code word. Yeah. If, you, if you send in soggy wheat bigs, you might get something extra special. Oh, from Luke, not from us. <laughs> well, you might, well, you might not get it at all. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> we'll decide. Yeah, stay but, tuned. Um, yeah. Uh, chat with Hamish. It's a good one. And um, yeah. Hello and welcome back into Click Listen Collect. We've got our special guest, uh, Hamish Brayshaw. Um, drafted to the West Coast, uh, got his debut against St Kilda, uh, now captain of the WAFL Eagles, which I believe he's averaging over 20 disposals a game, um, and did a bit of time as the midfield coach of the AFLW West Coast team. So welcome. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It was the uh, the former captain of the West Coast Waffle. Uh, we no longer, oh, I'm no longer there. I was. At, I was there, and then we got told we didn't have a team, so I went, and now I'm playing for East Perth, but they're back in the competition. So it was a, uh, <laughs> a, little, it was a bit of a flip-flop, but um, ended up at East Perth. So yeah, the rest of that is spot on. One game, one win against St Kilda, and then, yeah, coaching the AFLW in the midfield. So 100% AFL record is what I'm hearing. 100% AFL win rate, as good as it's ever got. No one is ever <laughs> going to beat that, and that's, uh, that'll stand the test of time. Unreal. Oh, at, least, at least you made it. Some can't make exactly. it, so uh, exactly like the three right. of us, we all just kick around the footy <laughs> at the local park and flat out getting 20 touches for a year and you're doing it in one game, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I guess we'll start off with how did it feel to get drafted then get the call up against that St Kilda outfit team? Yeah, it was, a, um, it was an interesting one for me. I was eight, 19 when I got drafted, so typically you get drafted at 18 years old, straight out of school. Um, I missed that draft year, so I was playing footy with Sandringham Dragons and, and broke my foot but didn't realise it. So I was sort of playing and not really sure why I couldn't run so well and, and was feeling a bit sore all the time. So ended up not playing the best year of football that I had. Um, missed the draft that year, which was I was pretty flat about. Um, next year, I went and played a bit of AFL footy for the Zebras. Um, they're aligned with St Kilda. So I played some, strung some good footy together there and got my body right. And at the end of that year, got drafted. So... It was it was a diff, diff, different than most um, draft experiences, missing and, and being picked up the year later. But I was lucky enough to be drafted over to West Coast, uh, pick sixty eight, I think I was. Um, but it was good because that was the same night Andrew went pick two to Frio, so we were um, we were both celebrating. He was at the draft, uh, came home the next day, so the draft was Friday, and we moved out on the Sunday morning. I think we flew out to Perth, so. Um, that was my draft experience. Loved it. It was a, uh, a good time to celebrate with my family and friends. And then when Andrew got back, got to celebrate with him. Um, so the draft was excellent. Move over to Perth was easy. We've got, um, we were really actually fortunate. We have family and friends in WA. Mum and dad were both born and grew up here. So their whole sides of the family are here, uh, extended family, friends. So we felt pretty comfortable coming over to Perth and obviously having him down the road was a big help. Um, 
So that was 20, end of 2017. Uh, 2018 was tough. Obviously, we won the flag that or West Coast won the flag that year. So difficult to crack in as a first year player into that midfield. Uh, and then my second year in 2019, I uh, I felt like I was playing some good footy. Started to string it together at Waffle. Got given another contract extension, so I got an extra year there. Um, and and felt like I was building myself really well to a, a season in 2020. And then COVID hit us, so we weren't able to play any state league footy. Um, and so that really derailed what I thought was going to be my way into the team through form in the waffle. Uh, but we ended up going over to Queensland for the hub, um, playing 14 on 14 or 12 on 12 scrimmages against other AFL teams. So that was that was pretty tough to because it's difficult to work your way into form when you're playing sort of a 12 on 12 sort of game. But anyway, I really enjoyed that experience of, of going over to Queensland and, and hubbing and, and the life that that was for the year. Um, and then... There was actually, there was, we came back to Perth for a couple of weeks before going away again. And in that time in Perth, there was, I think, a string of three or four injuries through the midfield. So Jack Redden got hurt, Luke Shuey got hurt. And it was looking likely that either myself or Xavier O'Neill were going to be picked and played our first game. And I remember I was training well that week and thought I was a chance and, and got a call from Simo that week saying, mate, we've, um, we've just come out of the selection meeting. We're actually going to go with Xavier O'Neill. And so I sort of questioned it and when I wanted to know where I could get better and what to do, but that was probably round 10, I think. And that was for me, probably the, the turning point realizing that that was probably going to be my last year. And it was out of me and Zave and they went with him and that was fine. He's come up, gone on to be a really good player. But um, for me, then I knew that that was probably going to be not my career anymore. And so I just stuck it out, kept training and, and knew that there'd potentially be a game on the horizon somewhere, went back to Queensland to hub again um, and then on the round, second last round of the year, I'm not sure what round it was, we um, got the debut. So the way Simo announced it was because there'd been a lot of injuries leading up to this point. There was uh, every meeting when there'd be a new debutant, he, he rolled with the, um, you ask someone in the crowd, what does 204 mean or 205? And it ended up being the 205th player to play for West Coast. So it was, uh, he said that to me in my meeting. He said, Hammer, what is, I think 236? what does 236 mean? And I was like, well, there you go. Everyone already knew by this point because it, that was the trend. So that was uh, on the Thursday morning and then trained that afternoon and then St Kilda that weekend. So yeah, that was a, uh, it was a surreal experience, even though there was not a lot of um, supporters there. It was COVID affected game and crowds were limited, but playing at the Gabba in front of, I think it might've been five or 10,000 people, but we were the underdogs that game. We had a lot of star players injured. Obviously, we were scraping the, bar the bottom of the barrel getting me playing. But we had, you know, Nick Knapp was still playing and Tim Kelly was still playing, Josh Kennedy. And I think all of those three had a massive game. TK might have had 30 and Nick had 40 hitouts or something. So we came back from 16 points down in the last quarter and actually won the game by a goal or two. So it was a, um, it was a massive experience for me. It was so cool being a part of it. And, and to say that I've played one game of AFL footy for the West Coast Eagles is something that not a lot of people can say. So it's a uh, it was a long road to get to that point, but um, oh, really you know, worthwhile. Absolutely, we'll do it all again. And especially, I guess, being inside that top two hundred and fifty people to wear that jersey, or one of the first two hundred and fifty people to wear that, that'd be incredible. Pretty incredible feat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. It's it's interesting because Angus well, Andrew plays for Freo, who are obviously a new club as well. But Angus plays footy at Melbourne, and they've had you know they would 
hundreds and hundreds of people play for that footy club and there's such a rich history. But <clears throat> I think the beauty about playing at Western Australian teams is everything is still so fresh and so young. <clears throat> so you just, every time that a new player plays or, you know, Fremantle, when they do win their first premiership, it, you're riding yourself in the history of that footy club. So it's a, um, it is, it's, it was really special for me to be able to pull on the jumper. Yeah. And, uh, WA teams are sort of not new, but last year, WA had the grand final and I guess your brother was playing an instrumental part of the championship team. How was that to witness, I guess, the first grand final in Perth and have your brother play and all your family there to watch? How was that? Oh, that was, yeah, it was probably, with the exception of my AFL game, that was the best football experience that I think I've ever had in my life. I, um, <clears throat> I remember going to the Dreamtime at the G game earlier that year and the spectacle that they put on and, there was plenty of buzz around that saying, oh, if they need to have the grand final, then Perth can definitely do it. And then <clears throat> the closer and closer it got, the um, the more evident that it would be that it was going to be in Perth. And we were actually really lucky as a family. Mum and dad were both over in Perth for the grand final. They came a couple of weeks <clears throat> before Melbourne even made the finals, I think. So my grandpa at the time was a bit sick. And so that mum and dad came over to sort of check on him and be with him. Did the two weeks quarantine. And in that time, <clears throat> Melbourne had won their first final and then the second final over here. So well, the whole family actually got to go to the game and we were um, we were lucky because we got the experience of <clears throat> a tight game for the first two and a half quarters and the ups and downs of a, a really good game of football. And then just the enjoyment to be able to sit back and, and watch the last quarter and a half knowing that it was, you know, my brother had won a premiership. So it was a, uh, a bit of a surreal experience. And then <clears throat> the celebrations afterwards, obviously, Went on for quite some time in Perth and he stuck around a bit and enjoyed himself. But uh, oh, it was just, it was an excellent experience and, uh, and certainly one that we'll never forget. Saw a couple of photos of you wearing the helmet after. Yeah, I um, <laughs> So I run, I run an Instagram page, or I used to run an Instagram page. I haven't really done too much about it since, but Angus Brayshaw's helmet. <clears throat> I used to take his, take his helmet and put up, take stupid photos of it doing things and, and put it up online. And I remember one day he was, <clears throat> he was on the footy show and, and said something about it. And I checked my phone and I had a thousand follow requests and all these people started following this account. <coughs> Sorry. And he, um, all these people started following the account out of nowhere. And so it, it gathered a bit of steam and Steed and the helmet company, because Angus said on air that I run the, I run the account. So the, this, this Steed and company, emailed me and, and sent me a helmet said if you ever want to put up photos of it doing things you don't need Angus's anymore you've got your own so I've got it sitting around somewhere in the house and I remember that morning put it saying something to mum or something to my brother about Angus wearing the helmet on you know the last few years and he hasn't had any head knocks and he hasn't been hurt and I just for whatever reason I put this helmet on and I felt superstitious about taking it off I was like oh well I don't want to take it off and jinx him so I'm just going to wear this helmet all day wore it on the train into the game and was getting some funny looks. And it's being a Brayshaw in Perth and, and going to the game with Andrew, it's people obviously look and know who he is and then put two and two together and know, well, you're obviously a Brayshaw and, and the helmet sort of ticked uh, ticked all the boxes. But I just, uh, yeah, I put it on and, and thought, well, I'm not going to take this off until the game's over. And then once they won, I thought I'm not going to take this off for the next two or three days. So I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I had the helmet on all around Perth for the next three or four days. That's golden. AFL didn't give you a tag either. I saw that. No, they didn't. I was uh, I was a bit flat about that. But upon upon my comment, they uh, they certainly did. No, I had uh, I actually had quite a few quite a few people 
get around that one, which was uh, which was a bit of a tongue-in-cheek comment at the AFL, but no <laughs> well. Very easy. And Buzz? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just viewing. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, you're up. I'll go. I'll go. Um, so... I've got a question for you. Um, what would be your like pre-game ritual that you would do, or if you got a few, or like, I don't know, do you put right foot sock on first and then left foot superstitions? On? Any superstitions yeah. around that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's interesting. I was having this conversation with a mate of mine at East Perth actually a couple of weeks ago, and <clears throat> there's a lot of differences. Like I've never been one for, you know, putting my right shoe on first or my left shoe on first. Never been that superstitious. I feel like for me, the night before, I always like to cook my own dinner. Um, I'll cook. It doesn't bother. It doesn't bother me what I cook. Like it's not. A lot of people say always eat pasta the day before a game, but I'm happy to have rice. I'm happy to have steak. I'm happy to have whatever. But I like to cook it the night before a game. Um, and then the morning of, I'll always have wheat bix. So I'll always have four wheat bix of milk the morning before a game, and then that's pretty much it for me. I don't have too many others. Like people I know sleep with their footy shorts on before a game, or you know, it's weird sort of stuff. But for me, it's um, cook my own dinner the night before, and then four wheat bix in the morning. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know. Do you have any super? Do you have any superstitions, Buzz? Um, While we're here talking about it, yeah. No, not just, know, here, not guess... just here to grill. Not just here to grill Hamish. We could probably talk about it, right? <laughs> um, not just for pre-game, but I always notice I I do put like my left sock on first, and my right sock on first, and my left shoe on, and my right shoe. I don't know. It just feel weird if I put the whole shoe on one side and then not on the other. I don't know. It, that's just something I do. But yeah, I, I guess. I eat pasta before um for a game as well. Like my dad just drilled that into me. He'd always say, "Eat pasta, eat, eat pasta before a game." But um, other than that, I don't really can't think of any off the top of my head. Yeah, I always would eat pasta growing up because that was the same. Dad, it was just something you hear around football. Eat pasta the day before a game. But getting into the AFL system and having nutritionists and all that sort of stuff, that myth gets debunked pretty quickly. That it's you know, that's the only that's the only thing you can eat. So. We, um, yeah, I, not the biggest one for me, um, pasta, but I'll still every now and again have it. But I've got mates that are very strange with their, you know, superstitions before a game. I have guys that'll drink, they always have to have a litre of Gatorade on the way to a game or guys that'll sleep in their footy shorts or, as I said before, sleep in their socks. Um, <clears throat> Jaden Stevenson, when he was playing, I think he's at North, North Melbourne now, but when he was in growing up through state 18s and academies, remember playing a game with him and he asked the property steward on Thursday for his full playing kit so that he could wear it to bed and to the game. So he wore it under his like polo to go to a Vic Metro game. He had his playing jumper on under his track, his track pants. He had his shorts and he was wearing his footy socks. So he was fully ready to go on the bus to the game. So there's some weird ones out there and I don't know where it comes from. I guess people just do it once, play a good game and think I've got to do this forever because then I'll play well. But, um, yeah, I try my best not to buy into the superstition side of things. But, um, yeah, it's for me, cook my own meal, cook my own meal and then four-week picks. Yeah. Mine's just an easy one. I just wear zinc. Like, yeah. <laughs> daytime. Even, even, if, if, it's it's night, if it's a night game, it's zinc. Uh, straight across yeah. underneath the eyes, it doesn't matter what it is. I do AFL cricket. Yeah. yeah. It's, Does the colour matter? It's easy. It's it. it. Oh, nah, white. It has to be white. Can't be yeah. skin tone or nothing. It has to be white. I remember playing the game of cricket at school one day and I was never very good at cricket, played twos cricket growing up at school and played, me and my mate went the brave heart with the blues ink, just one half on the face. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling out there, playing a fielding first and second slip with half a face of ink on. 
wiping the sweat off you, just having <laughs> blue zinc yeah. everywhere. Yeah. 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 Me, oh, I just chuck the boots on and run out there. Nice. Put, the, put the mouth guard in the socks, have a few uh, dodgy kicks, and then we're good to go. Who are you playing for this year, Kyle? Uh, I'm not playing. Not playing anymore? <laughs> no, Labrador wouldn't give me a contract, so I said, sorry, fellas, I'm a bit bit exhausted here, so yeah. Fair enough. No, oh, you'll you have to fly in, fly in, fly out for the, the mighty ruse, mate. Yeah, I might be a fire for the ruse. Yeah, nice. Yeah, crack. Uh-huh. Yeah, beauty. Only hooker plays. Uh, no, I'm, I'm a coach now, mate. I've, my playing days are done. <laughs> um, what do we got here? Right, well, obviously, the game that we're in, we're into like a collectibles, break hub kind of stuff. Um, growing up or even now, did you have any hobbies or did you collect anything? Got any, obviously, memorabilia, anything along those lines? Um, so, growing up, I was not that like. I see all the stuff you've got in the back. I'm not a massive American sports fan, so never had, you know, never looked for jerseys or never, you know, playing cards or any of that sort of thing. Um, my dad's got a couple of old Michael Jordan signed stuff, which is cool, but he's got, and Andrew's actually inherited that and, and got it hanging up in his room. Um, <clears throat> but for me, collecting stuff, I reckon, when was I? I think in year 12, I went through a phase of like really learning how to shuffle cards and, and, you know, muck around with playing cards. And so I went through probably for about a year and a half of, of buying and collecting all these sort of different playing cards. So I reckon I've got somewhere in this house, I'd have 50 decks of, of playing cards that I would have amassed over the years, whether it be for playing poker or for just sort of mucking around with. But I'd see them online and uh, this was right when the Instagram algorithms and that sort of thing were picking up on <laughs> what you were, what you were listening to or what you were hearing or what you were playing. So <clears throat> every now and again, I'd just get an ad, random ad on Facebook or Instagram saying, you know, new playing cards in this cool design. So I was like, yep, no worries, bought that. So I would have spent hundreds of dollars on these stupid things, but I've got, um, yeah, just got them all sitting in my room, sitting somewhere in this house that, uh, yeah, so playing cards was the only real collectible thing that I've ever done. But I don't think they've got any retail or resale value. I just like, I used to just like mucking around with them. So, yeah, that's my, uh, that was my collectible slash hobby sort of thing, mucking around yeah, with right them. So being so like, a bit like, oh, you go, Buzz, good guy. Okay, so that's right. a bit off topic. I was just going to say, like, I don't know, if you like, you know, the, like cards, I guess, do you, like, translate that into, like, the casino or something? Like, do you know how to count cards? No, I, I don't, don't know how to like count blackjack. cards. I love, I love playing poker. Um, <clears throat> I don't mind going to the casino and playing blackjack and, and doing all that sort of stuff. But um, for me, I reckon it, it came, I was a pretty big procrastinator when I was at school and I'd, be sitting away and studying for you know trying to study for exams and I just found myself drifting on YouTube and trying to do anything I possibly could to not study and a video came up saying how to shuffle cards and I remember my grand could do it really well um the riffle shuffle and so I was like yep I'll learn how to do that and anyway learn how to do it and then <clears throat> learned all these sort of different display techniques on how to flutter cards and do all this sort of stuff and learn a couple learn, learn to do a couple of card tricks and <clears throat> so yeah sort of took off from there but um, yeah, I do love playing card games with my brothers. So we've got a, at my old house, we had a, my brother and I bought a poker table. So we've got poker table, we've got chips and I love dealing the cards. So yeah, it's a, uh, it came from an enjoyment of just the, the, you know, procrastinating and how cool this thing looked to be able to do. And then it helps that I like to play cards on the, uh, on the side as well. Yeah. Well, I was going to say before, like seeing though, obviously the three brothers are all on playing lists and whatever, and obviously the AFL cards and all that kind of stuff. Have you 
gone out and chased up your own cards or anything like that to compare against each other or, I, or no, something like I that? Haven't, I've never actually gone to have a look at my own cards. We have plenty – when we – or actually a few years ago before COVID hit, we had open trainings all the time and people would come down and you'd go to the boundary and sign stuff after training and the amount of cards that I've seen of myself that I just had no idea even existed – like there was Vic Metro cards from when I was playing under 16s and Sandy Dragons cards and people had made their own. And then I've got these rookie cards and cards from when I debuted. And I've had people at trainings even come up and give me Angus and Andrews cards because our signatures <laughs> of H Brayshaw is very easy to just turn to A Brayshaw. So I've had a lot of people coming up and, and giving me their cards and saying, can you just sign this as them? Cause I couldn't get over to Melbourne or can't get to Frio's training. Do you mind signing this? And, so I just forge their signatures. So when you're, uh, if you're ever on the market for an A brochure or an A brochure ten or A brochure eight card, it potentially has been signed by yours truly. <laughs> nah, that's heaps. Would you would you ever be interested in chasing up, like say, all your cards to probably put in a portfolio for your kids down the track just to show them, have, have a look what dad's done or whatever? I think so, but I think the good thing about me is. Uh, unlike my brother's mind probably won't go up in value. So I can wait a couple of years to go buy him. But uh, yeah, I don't think there's many. I've seen a couple of Vic Metro ones. So I reckon two or three of them and a few maybe rookie cards. So I reckon there'd be a handful. I could probably find 10 online that would be a good collection. Yeah, right. Well, that's pretty cool though. Like to have yourself on a playing card, like it's not every day you... Oh yeah, it was... People, uh, yeah, it was people are walking up to you with them, so... Yeah, it was very cool the first time someone came up and said, can you sign this? It was a bit of a, oh, well, hello. Starstruck sort of moment you're Yeah, I've, I've made made the big time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what else we got here, Zills? Yeah, no. Well, that's basically. Yeah, we've. I think we're good. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Ham? Oh, I don't mind. I'm happy to just sit and have a chat about footy or anything else. <laughs> who's who's your pick this year? Um, <clears throat> I think Melbourne are going to be so hard to beat. I was watching even through the first three rounds. I mean, Carlton have surprised me a lot. I did not expect them to be any much good after round one. I thought they always start the season pretty well, but expected them to fade off. And <clears throat> so far they haven't. Someone was, I think BT on the commentary the other day said like of the last 10 years or something, teams that have started three and zip have, you know, 75% of the time made the top four and 90% of the time made the final. So they seem to be the re- real deal, um, Carlton, but I just, I don't think anyone's going to be able to match Melbourne. The way they move the footy, the way they're just stacked across all lines. Their back line is so good. Their midfield is obviously incredible. And now their forwards are starting to kick goals. So they've got Ben Brown down there, even Sam Wiedemann Wiedem- um, on the weekend. They're just going, yeah, I'd, it's going to be very, very hard-pressed to beat them. Even on their off days, they're a team that um, can kick five or six goals pretty quick. So I think they'll go. Re- they'll be very, very hard to beat. I think Sydney will be a good team this year. Don't know that they'll go all the way. I think they'll be good. Um and then, yeah, I think the top sort of two or three, Geelong will be obviously really good again. And I was very impressed with Collingwood the other night. So I think Collingwood will be the team that improves the most from last year. Um, but I can't see anyone beating Melbourne this year. There are, I know. Well, it'll be good to see someone go back to back. Obviously, yeah. they're probably still hungry to go again. Um, yeah, I, I think so. I, I think there's, looking at it, I don't think there's a team, if they all stay together, I don't think there's a team that can match them for the next three or four years. So <clears throat> it'll be very interesting to see what happens with this Melbourne group. Yeah, yeah right Put on. our money on us. Be- <laughs> yeah, if I could bet on AFL football, which I'm not allowed to do, and don't condone that, but that would be where my money goes. That'd be, um, yeah, right, yeah. They'd be trying their hardest to get back home to the MCG and win it. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. the amount of 
even after <clears throat> they went home, the amount of stuff that they did around their old members and their old players, they took all the players got a day to have the Premiership Cup and take it to their family and friends. And they had <clears throat> past players come in and see it. And they actually did a rerun of the grand final at the MCG that I think 50,000 people bought tickets to just sit there and watch on the screen. So they've um, the Melbourne fan base, once they come out of the woodworks because they've started winning uh, – you know, massive in <laughs> Melbourne, so they'll um, they'll be dying to get some finals played over there. So it'd be uh, it'll be good for them and good for the history of the club if they can get one over there. Absolutely. Who's your um way too early prediction for the Brownlow and Coleman? Um, yeah, I, it's interesting. The Brownlow medal, like even this week, just gone. Like you look at it, um, Toot Miller got tagged, and you know, quashes their influence and their ability to get. Um, Brownlow votes, even Andrew the other day, Jackson Nelson tagged him pretty well. So <clears throat> I think it's Brownlow is such a hard one to predict because all it takes is four or five games for someone to say, well, we're going to tag Patrick Cripps and he's only going to have 20 touches and he's not going to get three votes. So my vote for him, my vote at the moment would be Cripper. I think Patrick Cripps is, he's probably one of the only players that if you do tag, he still just has dominance inside the stoppage and he's strong enough to sort of still get 25 contested possessions and get votes. So my vote would be him for the Brownlow. Um, and I think Jeremy Cameron will win the Coleman. I think the way that Geelong moved the footy last two night, a couple of nights ago, um, they're not looking like slowing down anytime soon. And <clears throat> Tom Hawkins does get up the ground and, and you know, he gets going and he kicks a few goals here and there. But I think Cameron's, um, yeah, I think he'll win it by a fair bit. Would be my tip. Anyone got any counter offers or we happy with that? Um, I reckon Petrarca could be in a run for Brownlow just quietly. I think he's my pick. Yeah. And um, would like to see Jezza win Coleman or McKay yeah. from Carlton. Harry Mackay, yeah. yeah. Mackay, he's a big yeah, man. He was, like, yeah, he was bloody good the other night, um, yesterday. But Petrarca, yeah, Petrarca's another one that could easily win it. But I think he got a bit of attention sent to him the other night. And, um, and he sort of only had mid low 20s or something. But the thing about him and Cripps, <clears throat> their midfields are both so strong that Oliver will take votes off him, Gorn will take votes off him. Yeah. But then Cripps as well, like Sam Walsh will take votes off him. <clears throat> Matt Kennedy's popped up and will take votes off him. Adam Chera will take votes off him. So it's a, uh, yeah, it's a very, very hard one at this time of the year to say, but big name players always stand up. So that's yeah, that two not, not two bad picks. Yeah, well, I've got no idea. I'm not really too much in the circle, so... Yeah. I don't watch enough footy to be able to comment on any of that. Buzz is probably the same. We might um we might try to remember your picks so then when it comes up if you you know if you yeah. got it right we'll um. We'll well, I don't think I'll be, yeah, yeah. I won't, certainly won't be the only one picking Patrick Cripps at this point, but <clears throat> that that would be my that'd be where my money goes. I think he's the favourite, or Petrarca might be the favourite, but um yeah, they're they're two pretty handy players. Yeah, righto. Righto, that. We might wrap it up there, but thanks for joining us, Hamish. We do appreciate no it. No worries at all, guys. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, no, Hamish. Well, um, towards the end of the season, try and get all three of you guys in. Get a bit of yep. banter going between you guys and get that sibling rivalry going. See how that goes. Yeah, beautiful. We'll give it a go. Yeah. Awesome. Cheers anyway. Thanks, Hamish. No thanks, worries, Hamish. Stuff. Righto. See you guys. See you Cheers. later. Righto. Well, that nearly wraps us up um i'd like to say thanks for everyone that listening and um yeah it was good to have hamish on here and talk a bit of talk a bit of stuff about his personal life footy life and collectibles but yeah 
Well, that just about does us for episode five. Um, everyone jump on board. board. Uh, we'll post some stuff up on Friday regarding our breaks this weekend. Um, but yeah, we'll catch us all Sunday. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. See ya.